0: Two, one, boost ignition and lift off and all systems are good. Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean, LATB, Lat B, where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back, episode 125, heavy-duty breakdown on the way. Another week, this is how the grind goes. We are in the middle of it. You are watching the grind or listening wherever you're subscribed. How have you been, Lesbo? What's been going down? We've got a lot of movement coming up this fight. A lot of people shitting on it. (laughs) We're some of them.
0: (laughs) Would Would we be shitting on it if last week's fights weren't so good?
1: I do think that there is a level of comparison um and we totally but we said it before in the last one that these pay per view should have been switched or these cards should have yeah. been switched to pay-per-view and that's a free fox could
0: any of it be that no one really wanted to see dillashaw garbrandt too, or tj or dj verse uh well then they Segundo wouldn't have made a pay-per-view
1: it? if they didn't want to see it or that they'd put it free uh
0: well, I I mean, they make a lot of fights pay-per-view that people don't want to see. That's, that has nothing to do with anything. We saw Holly Holm versus somebody pay-per-view as the headlining fight. And it was like the lowest...
1: Megan Anderson? I don't
0: think that was the headliner. I think that was like the second or third fight of the night on when they fought. It was beforehand. I don't know. We've seen a lot of bad pay-per-views, especially uh, you... this year. So, I don't know if... Does any. I mean, I care about... TJ, Cody now, but I don't think Cody should have gotten an automatic rematch.
1: I think a lot of people are in that same situation, and TJ said it himself best. When he lost the belt, he had to fight for two years Uh to get back to the belt challenge potential, and it is. It's a really interesting dynamic. That's a really fun one to break down. Unfortunately, that's one of the two fun ones to break down. No, maybe no. I'd say there's five fights that I am actually looking forward to. Quickly, though... From so a scale of one
0: to ten, maybe, or a scale of one to five, this fight card maybe a two and a half.
1: If we're lucky, a two and a half. That's like top end, is what I'm seeing. Hard
0: to buy, hard to buy this card. Hard to spend sixty five. It's hard to spend sixty five dollars on any UFC card, Agreed. especially people are like, well, they gotta pay the fighters. We both know none of that money goes to the fighters. <laughs> so especially with these intro bills. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I don't get it at all why but I do like that DJ and TJ are on the same healing schedule
1: they both well DJ's coming off of that big surgery remember
0: yeah but I mean they're both healed right now they're both fighting at the same time yeah
1: so then in three months six months they can potentially do it if TJ gets down there
0: and Cejudo the way he's been looking lately really good test fight for a TJ fight I think
1: Interesting, again, <laughs> the only other truly interesting bout to break down. We should down. save it since uh,
0: it's...
1: Definitely the way we should be going there. There has been a late breaking cancellation, though. Betch Gohea versus Aldana, before we even get there, already fell out. Lesbo is crushed. That was one of her main moneymakers. You know that dance got you doing the You that know what,
0: though? A Betch fight out of... The 135 division isn't one of the most boring fights to watch. Betch fights usually are somewhat active. I think the
1: gifts are usually the best things that come from bench fights. You know I hate that dirty bench, And she's actually <laughs> the one who fell out of the fight oh, no. due to injury. I haven't fully disclosed what the injury is, or I haven't been able to find it, but Aldana's already posted her, hey, my competitor fell out, hopefully she gets better so we can get back in there. And betch stays in the ufc that much longer damn Bech. in
0: that division at 135 she's gonna stay in as long as she wants to there's i agree hardly any competition she's the heel
1: of the division who is a bigger heel than her
0: of 135
1: and women in general other than jessica All i them. other than jessica i <laughs> yeah i don't
0: know i don't know too many betch fans Exactly. Uh, Jessica I has tons of fans. mm -hmm. Um, Everybody, all the other women that are not liked still have fans. Obviously, Cyborg has Cyborg Nation. So even people that hate Cyborg. Yeah. Betch. She's the least hated female.
1: Least hated or Or most most hated? Most hated. Thank you very much. But from the bottom to the top, we had a 13-card bout. Now it whittled down only to 12. But we're going to be able to make some bets throughout the night. Where are we at?
0: UFC LA?
1: We are in UFC... Is it Los Angeles? I don't think it's Angeles, but it is in California. Hopefully the smoke doesn't get to you because that state's on fire. Look at the news. I have actually family members that hopefully everything goes well for them, but I know that the hills around their houses are burning down right now. Kelsoville, what's up? Clear Lake,
0: California. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All in Northern Cali. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It and Southern Cali fire. is
0: always on fire.
1: So now both of them are on fire. Yeah. And then you got freaking, is Hawaii still on fire too?
0: I haven't heard anything about that volcano.
1: Conspiracy, lab B conspiracy.
0: I know. that. I think that volcano is what effed up Max. We still haven't figured out
1: what's going on with Max. Officially, Max has been on multiple shows talking about the UFC actually tricked Max into saying, hey, we're going to have a media day because his coaches and staff were concerned, saying Max is seeming kind of weird. They told Max, come on, we got to go do media, took him to the emergency room. They ran the gamut of tests. Max didn't know, but he went along once he realized what they were there for. All the neurologists and doctors... Have all spoken to him, and not one ever talked about a stroke that has officially been denied.
0: Who is the first to say that? Nonsense? Oh, it was
1: like MMA mania or something. It was definitely one of the MMA sources in quotations. Um,
0: that it was a weird.
1: It was a weird one. One
0: to come out with. I never thought stroke. And all my And here we always said it was, they were nice.
1: allegations. It wasn't confirmed. And people were saying one eye closed more than the other one. He did have some weird stuff. But uh, Max is also saying 145, he's never going to change. He's never missed weight. He's been there through the hard and the easy weight cuts. And uh, he's fine. He It's not the weight cut. So people, huh. he's dispelling that as well. Something to look out for. But Max is ready to fight. He said, hey, I'm comfortable. I'm ready to go if the UFC wants me to get in there, but as far as medically, he's been cleared officially.
0: I'm so glad he is probably my favorite fighter in the UFC behind Valentina Shevchenko. Whoop, whoop. I really love Max Holloway. He's my favorite champion.
1: Not my champion.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> he isn't your champion. I love Max Holloway. I
1: just wanted to be a little bit of a douche. There. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great champion. Who's your
0: favorite champion?
1: DJ Thanks. baby. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Come I thought I, you knew I, this? I thought you were I'm making DC. money. Pound
1: for pound, two, three years in a row, undefeated. People would say, boring, all you motherfucking want. You can't mess with the king of the hundred and...
0: I think he's done some years. exciting things. Oh, I don't think he's... Multiple times. And the only reason I ever hear that people say he's not the pound for pound best is because of the caliber of fighter he's gone against, not... Because which is he's
1: boring, which is still super high-level caliber guys that he's going against. It's he's just cleared out the division so much that he makes it look less than it is.
0: Yeah, it's like no one can beat him enough to build a name up to be like, oh, remember when Joey Diaz held or Joey B held the belt for. Three years and right where there was a VX, mix
1: up at 155 VX. where every six months you're getting a new champion and it's yeah. really moving. No, he's been able to stagnate that entire division. That's how fun and Isn't interesting is. Isn't it funny though?
0: Is. Aldo still was a P, no one ever questioned Aldo being pound for pound Agreed. and he's only 10 pounds heavier.
1: Agreed. And they say higher level competition, a lot of those guys move down eventually.
0: And I still, um, Aldo only gets knocked out by 155ers.
1: Good point. No, no, no. Max Holloway
0: did have 45 twice. Yeah, and we everybody talks about how normal Max Holloway is, and he <laughs> hasn't been able to make the weight since those two fights. But I love Max Holloway, and for, he hasn't shown me that he isn't a 145-er yet. Um, okay. Cheeto, Cheeto, Cheeto. Starting off
1: the night, on the pay-per-view. So we don't know
0: what city we're in, though. UFC, that's where we got off the rails. Oh, that's where it went off the rails. Um... I want
1: to say Anaheim, because they're usually there. August 4th, Garbrandt. Oh, I don't have it off the top. But we are off of the top, starting with Chito
0: Vera, which this fight shouldn't be here. It is. It's UFC Los Angeles 227. Oh, good call,
1: good call. Here I am, L.A. Hayton.
0: Dillashaw versus Garbrandt, too.
1: And this is a backyard for both of these fighters now. I think TJ spent more time. No, he's in Colorado now. That's so far later. Chito Vera.
0: He isn't. He's not in Colorado. TJ? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get <laughs> Against debuting. We might as well talk about it because it's the most exciting thing on this card and maybe the only thing on the card. <laughs> oh, it's not
1: the only one for sure. But I
0: do think he opened a gym in California with Cub. Cub
1: and a few other fighters. So he is
0: fighting out of there, training out of there right now.
1: Yep, yep, and splitting time in Colorado. So, Chito Vera versus debuting Wu, Lingji, Buren, Buren coming off of the China scene. Both of these fighters are coming off of a loss, debut, or not debut for Buren. Buren actually lost to Rolando Dai, or D, the Filipino fighter, in a decision eight months ago. And Chito Vera, you know, here at Latvi, we've always made money moves with huge upsets. In the favor for Chito Vera and here we've been on Chito Vera we like his heart and you can't train that gas tanks always been a little bit lacking he has power in his knees great clinch off of his back does really well okay takedowns just at times that gas tank for Chito Vera can get him in trouble for Buren though doesn't have the best gas tank hasn't been challenged against high level competitors I mean Chito Vera's last two losses out of his 12 and 5 record are John Lineker and Douglas D'Andrash. Douglas Androsh looked like a motherfucking murderer, by the way. That last fight. Cheetah Vera looked really good for himself and the minus 390 favorite. Uh I could see why. It's just the experience, the talent level. Van Buren's uh I mean Buren out of China is coming off of a wrestling credentials. And he's actually um, being replaced, his opponent. It used to be Kandari, the Indian wrestler. And two weeks notice, Chito Vera stepping in because he's a fucking beast. And that's why we love Chito Vera. He's always down to scrap. Um, Being a heavy favorite, you can see why Bjorn's wrestling against Chito's wrestling, who's been in the States for a while now, is definitely ever improving there. It's an easy one-sided. I'm going to try to pick Chito wherever I can. For 9300 on DraftKings, I'm going to find a way to get him in there. I think he submits Buren in the second round at 6900 6, for DraftKings. Who are you going with this fight?
0: I'm going to put Cheeto on a few for all the same reasons we love Cheeto at Lesbo in the bank. We put Cheeto everywhere, always making them money moves with Cheeto.
1: Exactly. It is... I don't like to pay minus four to one or four to one odds on anyone, but I feel really comfortable with Chito Vera here. Just everywhere, everywhere the fight is, Vera doesn't have power. And I that's won't the only put it.
0: I still will do half seas with the stay away from the first fight of the night. It'll get oh, you. Oh, that's a good call. It'll get you. I it's wouldn't a lappy staple, lappy
1: staple. But this is where this next fight at strawweight, Daniel Taylor versus debuting Li Ziang or We Li Ziang. Um, should be sixteen and one. Sh- they should be the fi- the starter. They should be the curtain jerker. Definitely.
0: See, I think there's ones further up I'll, on the card that, that could, should be the curtain. I I think Daniel Taylor's earned her spot on a comfortable prelim, not a fight pass.
1: I could see your <laughs> point there. I could see your point there. Taylor is nine and three. Her only loss is coming in the UFC against Morose, and then as of late. She got a 2-5 winning streak and last loss to J.J. Aldridge in a decision. Taylor, we know what we're getting with this short, stout 28-year-old. She backs up the entire time and throws an overhand right. That will knock you out. If you do walk forward into Taylor's power, she will hurt you. Very John Dodson-esque without any of the forward pressure, which makes Daniel Taylor draft king stay away all day. You can't trust her for that knockout and she goes to decision more than she knocks women out in there. Really just being on that back foot, her wrestling isn't all that good. Take down the fence, okay, but we don't have to worry about that with the Chinese fighter. Did watch some of Zhang's fights. She likes to move forward, throws a lot of kicks. Her grappling is okay, but against the competition level she had, it was just other women at strawweight that nobody really looked shredded in there, a lot of sloppy transitions on the ground, and a lot of Zhang's just forward momentum and pressure really won her decisions, if not would get knockouts because other women would be overwhelmed. Unfortunately here, we have Zhang coming in as a huge favorite, minus 245, and as I was saying before, if you walk forward on Danielle Taylor, it's the only time you give her a shot to win a fight. I hate myself. I'm going to have to take a shower early on in the night because I'm going with Taylor on this one. Decision, if not a potential finish in the third round, but I think it's Zhang doesn't move her head when she moves forward. She runs in and throws punches, and it lands on a lot of women. Taylor loves to throw that right and try to back right away. So I think this is a stylistic nightmare potentially for Zhang. I hate it. I hate myself for even saying it. I got Taylor decision. Who do you have in this fight? Big underdog.
0: I think it's easy to pick Daniel Taylor and not hate yourself. Not hate yourself at all. I don't even know why everyone's so high on the other girl because she knocked a few people out. Look back at the record of the people she knocked out and they've only fought twice in their whole life. Daniel Taylor's not that girl. She has tons more power than anyone this Chinese woman has seen. Daniel Taylor has a... Probably top three power for the 115 division of the ladies. She's short and stout, and she reminds me a lot of a John Lineker with less punches in her combination. She just comes forward, the head's down a little bit. She doesn't have as good shoulder head movement as Jessica and Draj, but she's very similar to her and me. I don't hate Daniel Taylor at all, and I think it's crazy that she's such an underdog, so it makes it easy to pick her on this as far as I'm concerned. I have Daniel Taylor knockout round two.
1: Please tell me we have another underdog, because that can't. <laughs> that hurts my heart <laughs> if that was our underdog, for reals. Daniel Taylor has just come up so short for me so many times, and it's just that Cajun uh, Johnson style of fight where it's, I'm going to turn around and run, or just not be there, and it can be really low.
0: I never seen a Daniel Taylor run.
1: Uh, I guess not. Maybe more lateral movement, but she won't engage um, for Taylor, she's 8,000. Whoa, sorry. Zhang debuting on DraftKings is 8,700 against Taylor's 7-5. Wow.
0: Taylor's my underdog right now. Wow, and so easy. Far. For 7-5, she doesn't throw a ton of punches. Yeah. I only see her getting about 45, 55 points with the win, but I see her getting 55 points with the win. I think she could knock this girl out. Daniel Taylor has been known to catch a few girls. I think she could punch, catch this girl. I think she's being underestimated. Here, wow,
1: woo, 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 woo. So there <laughs> we go. That was just such a funky card. I did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> then we go to the 135-pound division. I, I
0: do believe I always pick Danielle teller I feel like I'm
1: always in that boat too, and I'm always like. She's got power, but it's a
0: puncher's chance. And then
1: all of a sudden, she throws four punches. I'm in watching her get fight. better
0: and better and better and better. And Morose, for all intents and purposes, tons more experience than Taylor. For all the reasons I wanted to give Taylor that fight, I should have given it to Morose because it was about, you know, the experience. This is why I'm giving it to Taylor now. She got that UFC experience. She
1: does. That she does. Experience. And I do like to give people the advantage for that because... Zhang hasn't fought in that type of... I don't care who it is. It's the UFC. Different level. Different. Big level change for them. At 135, though, we have Q Kang against Ricardo Ramos. Ramos, 11-1. Being a veteran now in the UFC, having two fights. Winning both of those against Tanaka over a year ago. And last, Zaba... Zahabi Firas, Tristar's younger brother, in a devastating elbow... Zahabi was getting picked apart in there actually by Ramos and looked like he was losing most of that fight the whole way. Ramos looked really good on his feet. um, On the ground, super nasty as well. Really a dangerous fighter. I love him as an introduction to the division. Kang also having a few fights in the UFC. Last beating Guido Canetti in a submission. Prior to that, also beating Tanaka in a split decision. And only losing two. Chico Caymus, who is no longer in the UFC, and that was due to Chico Caymus' wrestling. The 14-7 and 7 fighter, Kang, actually has a lot of power, OK take down the fence, and is always down for a brawl in there. One of the worst things you can do with Kang in there is get in the pocket and strike with him because his right hand does put people down and people get a little bit comfortable in there because Kang will eat a shot or two, won't give a fuck just to land that killer strike. But I, from what I've seen with Ramos, he's an intelligent striker. I like his fight IQ. He throws really uh, precision shots, has a good gas tank, stays on the outside until he moves in with good p- power. And then on the ground, we haven't seen him much. Uh, but what we have seen has been ultra-serviceable. Kang just kind of tend to try to stay on top or not even get to the ground. I got Ramos' decision, if not potentially a finish in here. I like Ramos a little... A lot more. I think Kane's underrated though. I think people are uh, two to one. Might be a little heavy, but I do have Ramos in this one.
0: I have Ramos KO round three. I don't feel great about it. This is going to be my stay away fight. I think this could go either way. Okay. I see Ramos could easily get caught by like a guillotine or a standing guillotine and jump into it or head and arm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this is a real tricky fight and I just am nervous all the way around. I have Ramos KO round three right now. Neither guy...
1: It's a close one. Yeah, it's it's closer close than fight. it is. At 2-1, to one, it's close against 7,600 on Kang. The value might... Uh, There's a, a coin flip. This is more of a coin flip by far. Again, interesting fight I when so, we can't true. call him. Interesting fight. So, what we're looking forward to. This is a banger, though. I do see yeah, this it'll be being a, I, a fight in the potential. If it's
0: not... If it ends up being a banger, I think Ramos wins it. And I think he can catch him by the late round two, early round three. If it ends up... Being a grinder, it could be boring AF, and I think that Hang could catch a submission or take out enough of Ricardo's uh, cardio that it ends up just being sluggish by the end of round two and round three. I'm nervous. Like, it could be the best fight, or... If if it's the, the fight you think, I feel uh, good about the Ramos pick.
1: Right. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun one in there. Definitely looking forward to that one. We stay with the lightweight guys actually going to flyweight. Jose Shorty Torres against Alex Perez. Torres being 8-0 in there last his debut win coming in against Jared Brooks, who 10% of the time knocks himself out in most of his fights, apparently. So we really saw Jared Brooks take it to Shorty Jose Torres against 20-4. Perez Perez now having a few fights in the UFC winning his Contender Series fight via choke, uh, winning his debut versus Thomas via submission, and then five months ago beating Eric Shelton in a decision. Perez looking like all around a grinder of a fight. Tough, tough fight in there. These guys look very similar to me um, all the way around, striking-wise. Torres looked really one-dimensional in there against Brooks, and I think that stylistically is a fight that's really influencing... This And Perez isn't a Jared Brooks in there by any means. It's a completely different style, and I think that that makes it closer than it is. The ground advantage, I think, is going to neutralize each other out with Perez wanting to get it to the ground, but Shorty, Torres being able to keep it standing. I got a coin flip here. I think Torres is a live dog, and this is a near-even fight. Minus 145 for Perez. I got the decision. I think this is a 29-28. It could go either way. I'm not going to expose myself too much on draft teams because I think this is this goes to decision. This is going to be a fun one. I think people are overstating Torres' even though it's a coin flip last win because it was I
0: totally do I actually have Perez walking away with this I think he handles Torres everywhere I thought Torres was handled in his last fight in every aspect of the fight and he did not look great to me at all I bet he got last less points than Jared Brooks even though he had the finish he didn't throw anything the whole fight. He was manhandled the entire yep. fight and then threw up a submission right at the end. So, I have Perez KO round two. I don't like Jose Torres going forward, and I don't remember seeing UFC caliber action from him last time in there. So Wow. Yeah. wow, wow I got wow. it handedly, Alex Perez. Perez,
1: 8,400 against Torres is 7,800. Uh, I think I'm going to expose myself a bit more to Perez than Torres, as well as that gas tank. Seen a bit better on Perez than Torres. I think most people are siding with that. Then we go to the flyweights, 145 pounds. So Sherman, Sher, Shiamen, Marias versus Matt Salis. Salas, 7-1, and one coming in off of a contender series win. He ended up beating, uh, winning via ground and pound a month ago, so he's coming in semi-short notice against the 9 and 2 fighter, Marias, losing to Magomed Sharapov via submission Dar's choke. So that doesn't look so bad in hindsight because Sharipov is a bit of a monster. Marias coming in out of Brazil, 27 years old against the 24 year old. Tends to be a good striker. Um, on the ground is high level. The tape that, with Marias. Or with the uh, fight that he just lost to the Russian Zabit, he looked good in there. Zabit really had to work at that fight, and a lot of people said, hey, they saw holes in there, and those holes were created because Marias was a live dog in there. Never gave up, never stepped backwards. Finally, the submission came, but I don't see that type of output, that type of spinning action, that type of pressure coming from Matt Salas. Salus is all around a good fighter. He doesn't stick that out to me anywhere. Stands behind his uh, wrestling okay. Out of Alliance MMA, he's training with Dominic Cruz. Has that type of footwork at times. Jeremy Stevens. All those guys. He's definitely practicing high level. This one is near even as well. This is a coin flip. Minus 110 against minus 120 for Matt Salis. Salis being the slight favorite here. Slight, slight favorite. Um... I think Marias pulls this off just because coming off of that Zabit fight, Marias is like, whoa, that's an elite guy. That's what I need to do to be elite. Salas hasn't had that yet. He's beat Contender Series guys and other guys that are at his level. Marias is going to grow so much faster after that loss because he now again is like, all right, that's what I need to do. I see the growth being there for Marias. I'm going decision, possibly a finish. I like Marias here. I think this is going to stay a minus 115 by the closing odds. Who do you have in this fight? I got decision, Marias.
0: I agree with you. I remember about the Zabit fight, Marias looking really good and Zabit not looking as hot of a prospect as everyone making him out to be. And I love Zabit. I just remember, like, the fire was hot going mm-hmm. into the fight, and I was like, huh. So I think um, Marias is one of those guys that, maybe makes people, if he made somebody like Zabi look bad, who is somebody that a coach is like, this is the best fighter I've ever worked with ever, ever, ever in my life. Zabi is like the most elite out of all these other elite athletes that I've worked with. Then maybe Marias is too. So I got Marias KO round three and it's not because of anything Matt Salas is or isn't. It's just because Shaman was in a real fight with beat last fight and looked really good. I think if a guy's not elite, what's going to happen? I agree with you.
1: So 8300 for Salis against Marias is 7900 I am loving that price on DraftKings. If we're both feeling decided on that, I feel like I'm going to get a good amount of exposure to Marias as well. Not 100%. Nothing should be hundred percent because I fucking ruin your night. But I'm gonna say in that seventy-five percent range of cards, I'm gonna put Mariah's. Then we go to the bantamweights. This is gonna be the little guys for most of the night. I don't know if we do have anyone getting higher that we getting. To this should have been the
0: fight there. that opens the night.
1: Ooh, interesting at bantamweight, Ricky Simon against Montel Jackson. Jackson being six and O. Oh winning his debut fight at the Contender Series against Delicchio. Simon being 13-1, and winning his first fight in the UFC against Mirab Dakishvili three months ago. This is a lot like the Torres fight with the Jared Brooks situation where Simone, Simon, was picked apart that entire fight. He was outworked by Dakishvili. Dakishvili said that he was pumping his legs, but he was out. I had Simon winning that fight, and I thought Simon lost that fight other than them saying, hey, that dude was out. Yeah, he lost the
0: entire fight. Fight All three rounds, yeah.
1: decided 30-27. Simone was just a stick in the mud compared to Zabi, but I don't think that Montel can mimic that stylistic matchup by any means whatsoever. Again, this is a huge step up for the Bantamweight coming out of Pura Vida, MMA. They have a couple UFC fighters, but The minus 200 favorite I do think that these guys are at the same level Simon's last win was a a little flukish but I do think that all the way around uh, Simon can get this to the ground and end up keeping it there more so I think after the striking clinic that was just put against him against uh, Dakashvili Simone's going to really implement a wrestling heavy game as well as that gas tank is going to grow more for Simon same situation as before then Jackson, who just won a fight, first round TKO. I think mean, Simon gets it into the later rounds. I do see a finish in the second or third for Simon via submission, because I do think that the advantage is definitely there for him if he chooses to go there. I got submission round number three. Simon, who do you have in this fight?
0: I think Montel Jackson has twice the power of Dacashvili, and I think Simon's going to be in trouble here. He took so much damage in that last fight and still had his wits about him to pull off a submission right at the tail end. But I just think he took so much damage because Dacashvili isn't that powerful. So I think Montel Jackson is going to catch him at the beginning of round two, end of round one. I got Jackson KO round two.
1: Woo, splitting it
0: finally. I didn't like anything I saw from Simone last fight or Simon or whatever. Yeah, I did not like anything I saw. And I don't love Dakashvili enough to have been high on him just getting manhandled for the three rounds before the submission. So I'm just going with a guy with tons of power over a guy that didn't show me anything.
1: Then we go to the headlining. FS one. What is it? Uh, debut? Not debut. <laughs> the highlighted fight on FS? The main event
0: of the prelims. There it
1: is. <sighs> Pedro Munoz versus Brett Johns. This actually is a really interesting fight, and this is one that I would say is worthy to be on the main card. I think this is pay per view worthy of a fight. Both of these fighters have made a name for themselves in the division, both coming off of a loss. Brett Johns, his first ever with 15-1 and one against Pedro Munoz, Munoz's 15-3. and three. Munoz getting his first loss against John Dodson, split decision. But prior to that, beating Rob Font and a few other guys, Stasiak, who else did he beat in there? Scoggins and Russell Doan, where Brett Johns, his only loss to Aljermaine Sterling, but beat Soto as a big underdog. He also manhandled up Albert Morales and Kohak, or Quack, who was on earlier as well. Brett Johns, good striker, good clinch, good gas take on the ground. He's sneaky as hell. Showed us against DeSoto with that calf slicer. All of that can be said for Pedro Munoz. Though the hittable fighter... Is Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz tends to get hit a bit more. His head is a little bit more straight up, but on the ground, Munoz credentially, just like Soto, is should be better with his black belt elite level championship um, level. That guillotine is where Munoz though is always makes his money. With Munoz as well, as he's got a good gas tank, and even though he eats a lot of shots, he will definitely keep moving forward. And we haven't really seen his shin tested. Horribly too much. He's somewhat got dropped. But if Brett Johns can't knock out Al Sterling, who was just murdered three months before that, Brett Johns hasn't really ever showed us that he has tons of power. He's more kill you by a thousand cuts. So this is going to be a gas tank battle. And striking-wise, I see it fairly even. I got a coin flip of a fight. I know people are definitely siding with Munoz at minus 270. Three to one odds against Brett Johns. I don't see it. I see maybe minus 150, slight favorite for Munoz. I'm going to go with Munoz here, decision. But Brett Johns, if you're a betting man, Brett Johns is a live dog here. I do not see that decided of a fight. Who do you have in this one?
0: I agree with you on everything. This should be a lot closer. It's not because I'm fading Pedro Munoz. If he was in a heavier weight class, I would be fading him. But I just don't think you can get slower at the 135 division. And Brett Johns is just on his way up, and Pedro Munoz is just on his way down. I got Brett Johns' decision, and I do think this is a fight of the night contender. I think it's going to be amazing, fast, yep. tons of transitions, tons of hands, forward movement, backward movement. I think you're going to see everything from both guys. Great Anything call. could happen. Anything this is could a happen. really,
1: really fun one. Really, really fun one. Then we open up the pay-per-view with... The destruction of a poor Kevin Holland debuting in the UFC against Tiago Maheta Santos. Santos coming in with a 17-6 record coming off of a loss to Dave Branch but prior to that having a four-fight winning streak beating Jack Hermanson, Anthony Smith and quite a few other guys. The Bellator proven last contender series winner uh, Holland beat will Santiago in a decision. One of the rare times we've seen one of these guys come off of a decision and actually still get a contract. Again, with the other guys on the Contender Series. Those are other entry-level UFC fighters. Santos has fought contenders. Yes. Legitimate contenders. Beating uh, people like... Everyone. Yeah,
0: everyone who... uh, If you've come through the 185, he's fought. He's
1: fought a multiple amount of people. We know what we're getting with Santos. Heavy duty l- kicks. I mean, kicks that'll cut you in half. Branch, elite level guy. Branch has only lost two. Very few people in there. And yeah, David
0: Branch gets no respect. At all. So losing to David Branch is not a.
1: Doesn't look bad
0: at all. And that, Anthony. We might have had David fight, Branch in that fight. Uh, yeah,
1: and I did have Branch in that fight um, as a big two to one underdog I against think Santos. Yeah, you did, yeah. Totally. Um, but you could see where Santos is more one-dimensional, you're not going to ever see a takedown thrown in there from Tiago Santos. He's going to try to kick you in half, and most of the time he's going to be able to do it. Able to get in there in grueling fights, has a good gas tank for as much power as he throws. He does slow down, but he is such a power striker in that first round that a lot of people cannot deal with it. Holland, I don't think is going to be one of those guys. At 13-3, and three, he's a 25-year-old prospect that is should be fighting much lower caliber, but uh, somebody gave him a shot to be on the pay-per-view and like any young fighter, yes, boss, I'll take whoever you want. I don't yeah. want to be- I'll I don't be a highlight
0: be- reel, sure.
1: Sure, you're gonna put me on a pay-per-view card my first fight? Yep, sure. All right, let's do it. All He's got nothing to lose here, except maybe a broken face. And I see Tiago Santos running away with it, TKO round number one. I'm gonna expose myself 90% on my DraftKings. But I think a lot of people will. Santos is going to be decided, probably heaviest fight of the night. Ah, uh, his betting odds are: Thiago Santos is minus three sixty-five against the plus two or plus three hundred five for Holland. Who do you have in this fight?
0: Same. I don't need to add anything else. I, I, I and I'll even have the Santos on probably eighty percent of my cards.
1: So Santos is nine thousand two hundred against 7,000 for Holland. I think that that line is spot on because I see a TKO round number one. So you're going to get your 100-plus points. Then we go to the straw weights at 115 pounds. Paulina, Vienna versus JJ, Aldridge, Paulina coming in with a 10-1 record. Last beating, Stevenson, who was Jeremy Jeremy Stevenson's wife. That's her biggest claim to fame.
0: Stevens or Stevenson? Uh
1: Stevens. It is no, it's Stevens. Uh Jeremy Stevens' wife. But she's 35 and was already a fade debuting in there against Viana, who looked good against somebody who probably doesn't deserve to be in there who got her shot because of Stevens name. JJ Aldridge, last winning, she's six and two, only losing in the UFC to Juliana Lima. Last beating Danielle Taylor. Then she beat who was it? Prior to that. Mijion. And also having some invicting She lost experience. a Lima. She lost a Lima in there. But J.J. Aldridge likes to be a striker. Stays on the outside. Very Chukagian like we saw in that. Doesn't go to the yeah. ground on the ground. Doesn't do tons. Vienna has a good ground game as well. This is one where I'm going to go uh, refill my drink. I don't see a finish coming either way, but I do expect to see Aldridge just stay on the outside more. Vienna had good forward pressure against the fighter again, who I don't think deserves to be in there. The Brazilian fighter has a lot of growing to do. I just think that this is going to be slop city all the way around for both ladies. The experience, I'm siding with the experience in Aldridge, but uh, I'm going to stay away from this everywhere, betting lines, everything. I don't like this being on the pay-per-view at all. I think that they could have replaced this with quite a few other fights and it would have made more sense because you're not helping the buys with this fight at all.
0: And you're not helping for new fans that maybe are tuning in for the first time if they think this is going to be the possibility of a fight they get to see. I agree with you. I actually see Aldridge um, handling this a little better than everybody thinks.
1: I agree. The decided minus 270 favorite um, for Vienna?
0: Is Vienna... Cool. Like, am I forgetting who she is or something? Is it's, it's there... If i having a brain fart on what she's done, but as far as I can tell she's only beat girls that never fought before. Yes. It'd be exactly. like she fought me in her last fight and submitted me.
1: So what? She <laughs> moves forward really well and she has that killer instinct, so a lot of people are putting money on that. But again, those I think are good, Aldridge zero, zero looked good fighters. Against
0: Daniel Taylor, yeah. I was actually surprised at how well she handled every round of she that could fight. Put game plan took together. a ton of took a ton of power punches too. She's not going to have to worry about that in my opinion. I got Aldridge's decision.
1: Decision as well. Vienna nine thousand or eight thousand nine hundred against JJ Aldridge seven thousand three hundred. Wow! So we have one of the few women that has beat Daniel Taylor (laughs) as our other underdog tonight. Wowza! Woo! This is a fun fight night, ladies and gentlemen. Fun fight night we have underway. Then we go to. Cubs Swanson at 145 pounds against Hento Carnero. This is actually a hell of an exciting bout. Carnero coming in at 12 and 1 only lost in the UFC to Brian T City Ortega. But Carnero last beating Kev- Calvin Cater three months ago and really putting on a clinic, clinic beating also Jeremy Stevens in a split decision. Carnero um, has high credentials in there. Uh, a lot of people seeing being a top contender in there, and I agree. For his size, the way he moves, his Muay Thai head movement, ground specialty, Carnero is a son of a bitch for anybody in there, and he was picking apart T-City until that triangle, that jumping triangle came in the third round. Cub Swanson, though, 25-9, and ever perennial gatekeeper for that top five spot. Cub Swanson is no chump and only loses to really elite guys. Brian Ortega with a submission in there, his two last fight losing streak and Frankie Edgar decision I mean those are top also three and four fighters so Cub Swanson we know what we get in there doesn't have tons of power but can really use his wrestling to dominate fights in there um, can be susceptible to submissions got a good gas tank not tons of power and is just seasoned the biggest detriment to Cub Swanson at this point like in his life like a good saddle
0: definitely, or a good stake. I guess you don't have to season a good steak.
1: <laughs> what we are what we will see though is a lot of blood on that steak because Cub Swanson cuts incredibly easily, which is gonna make the fight look that much more one sided with the precision striking that we see with Carnero in there. Carnero also throws really good, well-timed elbows in there. I don't like the minus three thirty underdog for Cub Swanson plus four fifty is just a little bit disrespectful. And that has been all betters. The line actually opened up at minus 165, Carnero, which I'm spot on. Carnero deserves to be the favorite here with everything we've been seeing and how he's moving forward as Cubs kind of slowly moving down. But 400.
0: I think 215. I could see between 21. 150, 215. I see
1: 150. Minus 150, between 200, I'm totally okay with that. Before, there's no value there for Carnero at all. I am deciding with Carnero decision. I could even see a later finish here, but I just think Cub Swanson definitely has more of a shot than 4-1. to one. Much more of a shot.
0: I agree. And he's been training now in strength and conditioning with TJ at their new training Good call. center, and it's uh, rain, like train but it's r-e-i-g same
1: as rain training center um, the, yeah
0: but uh the thing but i think it's like train the rain inside of the train i don't know yes whatever. it is it is cub you're out. correct you're correct um but cub's body looks better than i've ever seen it right now he looks amazing um tj says he's in the best shape ever and i like everything that tj's had going on so if that rubs off on cub a little bit. He should not even be close to an underdog. He should be a live dog at 150 or two under. At 450, I actually think there's a little bit of money to be made on Cub because I don't see tons of power coming from Canaro, and Cub has a good chin. He makes for an exciting fight, so even if he doesn't land a bunch of punches, if he's four to one favorite, then Cub's going to be worth every cent on DraftKings. He's going to at least get 40 points. Um, I got Canero decision. I don't see Cub getting finished here, so it's... I agree. So
1: actually, the part... so if
0: Cub comes out and everything I love about DJ, if Cub comes out with any of that and is a better version of Cub, you know.
1: So Carnaro is nine thousand one hundred against seven thousand one hundred on DraftKings. I agree with what you're saying. We're not picking Cub, but the gaja staple here yes. at Lab B, Cub Swanson fits all of the criteria, and he doesn't have to be your underdog, but he will give you some exposure to other uh, fights in there, potentials to pick. I don't know if I want to give you my greasy ass theory that you kind of alluded to a little bit here, or wait till the main event, because it does involve the main eventers, and I guess I'll bring it back to Cub on why he does deserve to be the Wage GJ in there. So then we go to the co-main event of the night. We have a reunion in there with Olympic gold against Demetrius Johnson's UFC gold. Because if you want to play a little side game, take a shot. This entire fight night, and this is a team alpha male thing. Every time you hear about the gold belt that's Henry, Henry Cejudo has won, the gold in the Olympics, take a shot, and you're gonna have a fun night. I guarantee it. You might be in a bonus round during that fight because every ten seconds you're gonna hear about a gold belt. I promise you
0: promise you so you think it's gonna go long
1: i think it's gonna go longer than the first time but i just see that ever perennial champ in there doing what he does best coming off of surgery demetrius johnson being the pound for pound i don't care who you are that is if there's a hypothetical pound for pound demetrius johnson is the only one who fits all of the criteria Ah, damn it maybe i can't say that in my eyes he does but uh Great game plan. We know what we... He comes in with He is the only
0: guy, though, that we can say that regardless of who you are, no one argues that he should be in the talk. Uh Any other person you put in there, some asshole will be like, no, he's never defended a belt, or no, he lost to the one guy twice, or no, he... Everybody else in there has a reason that they argue out. You really have to be hard-pressed to argue DJ out of that talk. So I think that's the one thing you can say for sure is... Everybody has DJ in their talk of pound for pound, so that would make him the pound for pound for me.
1: I would agree with that one hundred percent. But um,
0: why are we time... talking about this anymore? <laughs> Give the guy the credit. Maybe if you called him pound for pound, you'd sell some of his fights.
1: From what I understand, DJ's rivaling his UFC money with that Twitch money, baby, with that Twitch stream. He's making. I believe it. Yeah, legitimately. Um, this fight. Because it is number two, I feel like we can't get away from all the technical stuff. Henry Suhudo has two more years of practicing his game. He's now been in the UFC for five years. Coming in with a total of 12-2, and his only two losses to DJ and to Joseph Benavidez, the top one and two in the division, last beating Pettis' decision and Wilson Hayes. I mean, can he really grow that much more? I think that Henry Cejudo is gonna try to come out with a different game plan, but again, with everything we've seen with Demetrius Johnson, his pace, his skill, his fight IQ—the highest level of fight IQ we see yeah. here—is DJ. Um, I think it's gonna be more of the same. I think Cejudo is gonna not go out in the first round, but what I do see happening is maybe that wrestling being employed that that much more, that clinch game being stepped up a little bit more, but eventually. DJ does what he always does. He ends up just running away with the fight. And I have a submission round number four or five. I think the prop bet to make for all the betters that want some of those specific prop bets is on DJ in rounds four or five. You know he likes to try to finish people to make a point because people say he can't finish people. And Sahudo is just going to get overwhelmed in that fourth and fifth round because he's good in a three-rounder. Again, championship-level rounds. DJ has all the experience. Round number five, submission- against Hudo. I'm gonna, I'm liking DJ in a lot of spots here. Who do you have in this one?
0: I have a DJ submission as well. I just have it happen a little earlier. I think um, once you get into round three, mm-hmm. uh, Cejudo is going to have tried it all, given a whole new game plan, another mm-hmm. try. And in round three, he's going to go in for a single or a double leg and just leave his neck a little too low. Uh, DJ is going to cinch it up and choke him out. I think. He's, and he's, he'll do something crazy to finish it, and it could happen at the end of round two. I think Demetrius Johnson is the best everywhere, and he's changing the game every time he goes into the octagon, and every time we get to see him have a proper amount of time to prepare for a guy, he finishes it spectacularly. So I think this is going to be something. He already knows Cejudo going in, and Cejudo is his downfall is he is that great grappler who fell in love with his striking. Yep. And you can't ch- I don't, I think your worst idea would be to totally try to change who you are as a fighter going in against DJ. I think you would just find a way to tighten your screws on the things you're already amazing at. Um, yeah I got Demetrius and I think it's pretty easily. 9,400
1: on DraftKings against the 6,800 for Sahudo minus five against the plus 400 for Henry Cejudo I think uh, I can't say that that's wrong even though I don't like those odds there's no value in DJ there the prop bet though being um in that fourth or fifth round you're gonna get a lot of odds but I like also the submission play for DJ you're gonna get a little more value there because everyone's assuming that he
0: won't go for a submission because he knocked him out last time
1: exactly So yeah, there is potential there to have some money. But that twitch,
0: like you're saying, I think there's something to be said about the hand-eye coordination that Demetrius Johnson has. That's on the next level, and he sees what other fighters might see a split second later than him, and that's how he caught Henry Cejudo the last time. And it could happen the very same way again. His only, I mean, it sucks. Henry Cejudo's only way of beating him is staying on the feet, and that is where. You, How are you going to do yeah. that? How
1: are you going to do that? Then we go to the main event at Bantamweight, 135 pounds. We stayed in that lightweight, lighter weight division in the UFC the entire night. I think Maheta versus Holland is, at 185 is like the heavyweights of the night, or they're the heaviest guys by far. But we're getting another number two in there, Cody Garbrandt getting the immediate title challenge after being finished in their last bout against tj dillashaw both of these guys are definitely the top five if not top three fighters at the division we're just waiting for tj to win again so he can fight dj and move down and that would be hella hella fun um but this is a near even fight because it was a close one in the first fight Cody hurt TJ with the right hand, and then TJ was saved by the belt. I mean, TJ was all sorts of hurt, and then the, the round went over, or the round ended. TJ came back, put a game plan together, and ended up finishing Cody with the right as well by stepping in with a beautiful switching right. Cody Garbrandt, beautiful boxing, crisp straight punches, tons of power, moves well, definitely team alpha male product. TJ Dillashaw has all of that, and a bag of chips. He definitely has taken his game plan further and realized that that specific Miocic level of training camps that are devoted to you and specifically you are working out for TJ more because he can't be in there with 40 other people that just paid to be in the gym. It does affect the level of one-on-one specificness, specificity that you get in the gym, and I do think that we're seeing these tailor-made camps definitely benefiting fighters more. So I see more of the same happening, but more tentative for both fighters. I think that first fight was really, really fun, and they both got hurt because they both were so Super am- emotional. It's super emotional. They both felt each other's power. And like we saw in that T. Wood Thompson fight, they didn't get in as many scraps as they did in the first fight. Why? Because they both understand each other's power. So this is going to be much more of a technical game. This is going to be much of a more of a battle of inches by far. And this is going to be a technically sound bout. This is still has potential for fight of the night. And I think they both can get hurt. I don't wor- I'm don't. not worried about either one of their chins. What I have seen, though, specifically a lot more in this fight is the respect for both fighters. Cody Garbrandt has definitely mined his P's and Q's a whole lot more at times being like, hey, not talking as much shit as before. And I think that's indicative of what's going to happen in the fight where Cody isn't going to come in there and expose himself to the big shot like he did. The same as... Um, TJ did with his knockout. Look at where TJ walked into that punch because he was trying to make something happen. I think both guys are gonna be much more on the back foot and picking their shots much more carefully. But I do have TJ winning this in a decision. I have decision wow. written all over this, all all over this for everything that I was alluding to first. I wanna hear what you're gonna say about this fight. And then I got a grease one. I got a greasy one for you.
0: Okay. I um, have Dillashaw in an easy uh, knockout. I think Cody Ooh. is still too emotional in there. And T. in my opinion, Dillashaw is one of the guys that should be in that pound for pound talk all day. Even if you look back at the Dominic Cruz, which Cody handled Dominic Cruz in that fight. But in my opinion, TJ never lost his belt to begin with for Dom to have had it to give to Cody I don't know if Cody should have been through the ranks as quickly and he beat Dom who wasn't the Dom of yesteryear TJ's beat all the best guys TJ is entirely a different fighter it takes a whole camp like you're saying to kind of put together these game plans to be each fighter where I think TJ what he has going on in there he's really the only guy that I can even see close coming to where I would have a him and hawing on who can beat DJ. He would be a guy because I do think TJ of what he's put together in there is something special. He walked right into Cody's hardest punch, like you're saying. He walked right into it. It didn't friggin' knock him out. So I'm not worried about him getting knocked out. I think TJ has a great chin and he's taken Cody's best power. The second he took the best power and he realized it, The fight was a whole different fight from that moment on. So I actually think you get a different TJ going in because TJ's already felt Cody's hardest strike and it didn't put him down. So I think you get that much more aggressive TJ, that much more of a TJ wearing out Cody's cardio in a way he's never had it worn out. I do think Cody has crisp, excellent boxing. I still think the most amount of experience that he's had in there is the fight he got knocked out against TJ the last time. I just think TJ's one of the greats. I think we'll be talking about him as one of the greats, and I don't think he needs to beat Cody again to solidify that at all, but it's here, so okay.
1: Well, would beating DJ absolutely yes. solidify it? Yes. Because that is the next super fight. I mean, that's what we all see. And a see lot of happen.
0: people that when he lost his belt, a lot of people did not agree that he should have lost that belt. So it's you- almost like the one, the, the loss like John Jones had, where yep. it's like, ugh, he shouldn't have had that one L though on his record. So um, that's kind of how I feel about it with TJ i really like tj in this fight
1: so just did not completely be overly one-sided cody garbrandt a lot of people have been saying that he was hurt he was having all those back issues they moved that fight back multiple times the first time around due to cody's gar garbrandt's back issues but now he's had over six months he's had all of his surgeries he's actually had a full training camp so just throwing that out there in case it's people are like oh you're all just just on tj garbrandt it might be looking better than he was before -120 favorite or near even against -105 for Cody Garbrandt. TJ being the slight favorite there. I see this being -115 by the end of the by the fight time. Um, I, see, 000, I see TJ
0: taking I see TJ being a 2 to 1 by fight time. 8200
1: on DraftKings for TJ against 8000 for Cody Garbrandt.
0: That's a little too close for me. So it, I think there's money to be made on TJ I, there. I think
1: I'm going to put TJ. I'm going to expose myself to him more. I could even see this being a five-rounder. I Stacking a couple of these guys, maybe on those double-up tournaments where you just need two to get over 60, because I see a decision more than I, I see a one-sided finish. Uh, I
0: think Cody's chinny, and I think in the next few years, everyone will call him chinny. I'm just saying it first, Woo! because I know for a fact That'd he's be been first. knocked out before, and I think he we've seen him get knocked out again. I think... In, he'll be somebody who's known as a chinny fighter. So, the Lat-B, At 135, mind you.
1: The Lat-B conspiracy that I want to throw your way. Do you remember the first time around when uh, there was some really, r- absolutely ridiculous talk where Cody Garbrandt was telling TJ that, Who showed Team Alpha Male how to do steroids? TJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember all that? Well, that didn't just evaporate for me. I'm just like, dang, that's crazy. And then I saw a couple threads on there of people saying... Look at TJ Dillashaw when he was first going to Colorado at other gyms and stuff, and his body did change a little bit. And look at him at again now, where he's at now, and he's put on that muscle mass again. He looks, he there was a, you could see the hiccup when USADA potentially came in, he might have had to get off the sauce a little bit, and potentially he's got a bunch of new doctors in there, and... He's looking all bits of bodied up that he did at his peak prime where there's been allegations that he's done the juice. Where that plays in to Cub Swanson is they now own a gym together. Not to say that Cub's a cheater and I don't want to put that on him and he's never been uh, thought of, but if you go to the Diaz brothers, everybody is on steroids. Everybody. So just put in a little labby conspiracy on why. The juice might be flowing for Cub. There might be side products. I'm just not coming out of my ass with this. Like You can look it up yourself. TJ might have shown people how to how to get the loose juice in there. And... Or
0: you don't think then that TJ is on something with his training techniques and what him and... I
1: think that helps on top of everything else.
0: I think you can change your body from certain exercises. Completely change it. And I do know they have a different strength and conditioning coach that they're riding with that they're super high on as well. And I'm not... Taking away from anything, I just know that guys living in America, the amount of times that they have to be tested over people that are living in other countries mm-hmm. is insane. They have to be like ready at a beck and call. There's an app on their phone. They show up at their house at like four thirty in the morning. So not that it's not possible.
1: Uh, thank but, you. <laughs> but um,
0: if if you're the allegation is that their new camp is on steroids, then. Cool, even more so that I say pick TJ on your
1: I'm just saying, because let that be revoked after the money comes in, let that ca- that check be cashed and then yeah, take it away. I, don't give I a just shit. think
0: TJ's going he wants the longevity of this and he's going to be the best he wants to be the best fighter ever. That's what he wants. And so I think if you're once you're popped, you're out of that talk altogether. And DJ's never been in that talk. I just think that's a bullshit thing that guys say about other guys when they're beating them. Well, you're on steroids. Well, we're getting the same test. <laughs> and to throw Cub so- down River with TJ. I'm sorry. I'm, just,
1: I'm throwing it. It's a conspiracy. Not found it. I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, who did we end up going for? Our Lat B Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. Think gauge are Solidly Cub Swanson there.
0: And then uh, Dynamite Taylor. woo no, 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 no. It could be JJ, too. Could be JJ. JJ Aldridge? I'd be
1: more comfortable with JJ than Taylor. See, I think Taylor. JJ
0: has a harder fight than Taylor does against Vieira. I think Vieira could snatch it up. even though it's, And it's
1: Viana not Vieira. Vieira's Viana. the better one out of the game. Yeah, team.
0: that's why I was getting it confused. Is somebody, oh, is it the wrong girl? No,
1: is not as good. So i that's why I think JJ has actually an easier shot there.
0: They both are a little painful. I don't know. I don't know if I can go <laughs> with JJ. I feel better about Daniel Taylor. I think Daniel Taylor is going to get the finish in it. Oh, man.
1: Do we not have one? Do they cancel each other out? Do two negatives make a positive? Which I guess means we have to pick one then. If
0: you're listening, maybe you have to make your own Leslie Smith underdog pick. You got some choices. Yeah. So, thank you for listening and we will see you on Sunday. Let's Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.